0: yeah oh yeah can I get up oh yeah oh yeah can I get up a- what's up enterprisers welcome to another episode of the enterprise now podcast where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur we talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand I'm your host Elzy, the mayor now let's get to it All right, Mr. Howard, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. So the first thing I always like to do is thank my guests for their time because you could be anywhere, but yeah, you decided to spend some time with us. So thank you so much.
1: Well, I'm here, so (laughs) I can't be anywhere. I can only be where I am. (laughs)
0: Well, the second thing I like to do, Howard, is on Enterprise Now, we like to get right to the point. So we're going to get into the content. But before we do... Can I get it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. So I love business and entrepreneurship. I love talking about it. I love learning about it. I love talking with brilliant people like yourself who have been in business and are killing it. But there are basically four areas, sales, marketing, operations, finance. If you had to pick a favorite area, what would that be?
1: Learning (laughs) because that's a part of all of them. Yes. To be good at any of them, you have to have information and good information. And that's my area. Although, of those that you mentioned, I'd say marketing is probably the most important. I don't care what industry you're in, you're in the marketing industry. If you're a doctor, you need patients. If you're a lawyer, you need clients. You could have the best product, the most outstanding service. But if no one knows about it and no one's coming to uh, purchase your product or service, you're out of business. So number one on any entrepreneur's list is how do I get clients and how do I keep them and get more? That's it. Without that, there is no business.
0: Got it. So tell us a little bit about your business.
1: I'm the world's fastest reader. I'm the Guinness record holder. And I work around the world. I train the US Special Forces at Fort Bragg, the Royal Thai Army in Bangkok, Canadian Forces in Toronto. I launched the 4G network in Australia with the phone company. I was a spokesperson for Sony for the e reader with Justin Timberlake and Peyton Manny and Amy Sedaris. I've written several best selling books. My online programs have grossed over $65 million. I wrote my last book in five hours and went number one on Amazon the next day. I have kids as young as 11 around the country in college, getting A's in as little as a week, showing companies how to make more money. I'm working with a $100 million a year company to turn it into a billion dollar a year company. So basically, I help people get the data and information they need to make better decisions, more income, fewer mistakes, and less time to increase their productivity so they could be successful in a knowledge-based economy.
0: Wow, that's a mouthful. We could do a whole nother episode on knowledge-based economy, but I want to backtrack a bit. So you mentioned you felt that marketing is the most important area. If someone were to, to challenge that and say, well, really, is, is it marketing or is it sales? What's your take on that?
1: I don't think you have sales without marketing. Sales are the outcome. It's cause and effect. Yes, you need sales. That's why I have marketing. Without marketing, there's no sales. So no matter what business you're in, part of what makes businesses fail isn't what people do that they're good at. They're an electrician. They're an SEO person. They're a speed reading teacher. What makes businesses fail is a lack of business skill not knowing how to get clients. And it has to cost less money to acquire a client than you earn when you get one. So if you're spending $100 and your client is worth 1000 you did very well. Just spending a dollar and your client is worth $0.10, cents, you've lost $0.90. Cents. You're doing very poorly. It isn't how much it costs. It's how much the uh, lifetime value of that client is. So it's very important in business to have a sense of, What does an average client spend with me over the time that we're engaged? And then you know how much it's worth spending on your marketing to bring that client in, in a prosperous way. You may lose money on that first engagement. In fact, that's common. You have an ascension ladder where the entry step is so low that no one can say no, which builds your list and helps you to create repeat engagements, but that's okay, as long as it keeps moving up. Less people move up each ladder step, but as long as it remains profitable and you're making more than it's costing you to run the operation, well, you're doing well. And not everyone's doing well, and that's part of why people need to learn marketing.
0: <laughs> that is brilliantly stated, and you had several, several what I call golden nuggets in there, but let's get granular um, a bit. What are some of the marketing strategies, tips that you've learned over the years that have made you effective? Because from what I know about your business, it's, it's your, your your teaching and its courses, which is, it's not unique in the delivery, right? But talk a little bit about some of the, when, what I mean delivery in terms of courses, like there are other people have courses, So, talk a little bit about um, as a service, sort of a service based business. How do you, from a marketing perspective, what are some tips that you have for folks listening?
1: I think you can do is give a lot of value at the beginning. So, let's say today I teach how to read faster, how to comprehend, how to remember. I show them what I do and it works because they see it, they experience it. They're not hearing it works, it's working. They've already gotten that burger. And they like the taste of it, so they want another one. I think the best way to market is not to do Jedi mind tricks and trick people into buying. It's create a relationship so they know, like, and trust you and know that you have to fulfill that like and trust consistently. You have to make sure they realize that they don't just know, like, and trust you. It's it's sincere. You actually give a damn. You're not just after their money. You actually want to make their lives better and you get pleasure out of helping people and not just seeing how much you can pull out of their wallet, which too many entrepreneurs are focused on. The money comes from helping other people. I used to lecture with Zig Ziglar and he said, fastest way to wealth is help other people get rich. And he's right. The more you give and the better the quality of what you give, the more people want. And the more people want, the better your income becomes. It's just about delivering and demonstrating sincerity, knowledge, and what their problem is and how to fix it, and actually show them that you can and will fix their problem without any question. And as long as what you give is worth more than they pay, so if you're paying $400 and it's going to give you a lifetime value of several hundred thousand to several million, who cares? As an entrepreneur, I never look at what something costs. I look at what something will create in my business. If it will create more income and more productivity and more time and savings for me, then I don't care what it costs because it's paying for itself. But if it doesn't, then it's not anything. I don't even care if it's free. It's a waste of my time. It isn't giving me what I need. So I think sincerity is important. I think people know when you actually care versus it's all about you. Now, for me, I was a yogi. When I got out of college, I studied the seven schools of yoga and meditated. And it made me more aware of how we're all connected. And whatever we do affects everyone. The human race is a family. It's not just individuals. It's a collective consciousness. It's only as good as the weakest people in it or the strongest people in it. And so we have a responsibility to raise everyone up to have a better world. We'll have peace in the world when no one's starving or hungry or scared. They have nothing to lose when they have nothing. So they have everything to gain by doing something stupid and crazy. But for them, it's not stupid and crazy. It's desperation. So that's how I look at it. So I actually do care. It matters to me. And I feel I've been given, I read 80 pages a minute. So I feel that's a gift. And if you have a special talent or gift, you're supposed to use it to make a better world and in the process get paid for it. So you're making a living. You can't help other people if you can't pay your bills and you can't support yourself. There's nothing you can do for anyone else. But you should make sure that you earned it. If you're giving more than you charge, then I feel good with that.
0: Very well stated. How, how do you stand out as a business owner, entrepreneur? How do you differentiate?
1: Well, I have a world record that doesn't hurt. <laughs> uh, you know, if you're Michael Jordan, most people would want a ball autographed by you or Tiger Woods or Brad Pitt. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not his twin brother, by the way. I, I have much shorter hair. Uh, <laughs> but what makes you stand out is, is you, your character, your, your personality. How you connect to people, what your message is, and do you deliver on your promises? Do you do what you say you're going to do? I think I'm a president of a rotary club. I don't know if you could see my little rotary thing back here. But one of the things rotary is about is delivering on your promises, doing what you say you're going to do. And so in my business, everyone gets support. And if they don't help, I actually do it myself for a lot of reasons. One, I want to know what went wrong. I'm doing this 35 years and I fixed it so many times based on what people told me that nobody has a problem anymore. So if someone does, I'm kind of surprised and I want to know what happened so I can fix it again so it never happens again, that's enough. And of course, you don't want to have to make a refund. You want to actually give the person what they paid for. So they say, hey, he gave me what he promised. I'm happy to pay him because I got, I'm learning 100%, 200% faster and making more money. So, I don't care what I paid him. He kept his word. And I'm going to tell my friends he kept his word. And they're going to come. To me, that's more important than just getting paid. You know, and that's what makes it work.
0: Absolutely. Is your
1: reputation. I mean, there are people who have terrible reputations and people avoid them because they know they're going to get burned because that's what they've done to everyone else.
0: Absolutely. Now, Howard, if you're anything like me, this next question will be difficult for you. Not because it's a difficult question, but because I have a lot of things that um I've done in life and in business that weren't the smartest things. So what I wanna know is What is the stupidest thing you've done? I don't know, it might be hard to pick just oh, no, one. very easy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my, my, my first marriage as i told you it was a storybook marriage unfortunately stephen king wrote the book so i met her in june and got engaged in july that was my first stupid thing and then i didn't get unengaged that was my second stupid thing <laughs> and 18 years later i finally extricated myself from a living hell but uh that would be my i would say one of the dumb things but one of the biggest challenges I had, because I grew up in the projects in Brooklyn, which is very violent, and it was, we moved when they raped an 88-year-old man, so that's pretty bad. i It was West Side Story without the music and dancing. I met Bernardo. He had a knife. He wasn't dancing. I had it to my throat, literally. I had a knife to my throat. I was beaten with bats. Normal day. I didn't even tell my mom. I was like, what happened in school today? Oh, someone tried to kill me. I got to go do my homework. It was not even that. I just went and did my homework. I didn't even mention. Someone tried to kill me today with a knife. It was just another day of school. Normal day. Someone tried to kill me. Got to do my homework, (laughs) you know. So I didn't have a lot of good social skills growing up because I avoided people (laughs) because being around people meant getting beaten up and injured severely. And, you know, it's paranoia if you think someone's out to get you and they're not. But what if they really are? (laughs) It's not so much paranoia and it wasn't that I was imagining. I wasn't the only one. My dad was pistol whipped and it was, it was a tough neighborhood. So I hung out in the library and read a lot, which is how I got really good because nobody in a gang would ever go to a library under any condition. And as a result, the worst thing in the library was a paper cut, but you don't learn a lot about interacting with people when you're with a book. You know, so I learned a lot more about people when I, my second wife, who's the nicest person on earth, and she tells me when I'm not, when I'm doing something socially inappropriate without realizing it and corrects me. And she's a huge asset to me because I don't know sometimes because I had, I lacked that experience when I was younger, when everyone was learning how to do those things, I didn't. So it helps. And I think it's important to listen to that other person who's got better social skills and recognize it and say, well, you know, they got better social skills than me. If they're being critical, it's not to hurt me. It's to help me. And so I take that as an advantage. But it's also a weak point in me because of that. I've gotten much better because of her. And I feel much better with people as a result. But I needed that coaching because I didn't get the experiences everyone else had.
0: That's amazing to know how our experiences, both negative and positive, shape us into the humans that we become. What are some of your top keys to turning those challenges around into successes?
1: Actually, it can help a lot with that. Remember, I got a degree in psychobiology. So I'll actually tell you how to eliminate negative behavior patterns, depression, anxiety, fear. Uh, I could teach that and I can do that now. First, I'll demonstrate why it works. I'm going to control your mind and the mind of all our listeners. I'm telling you I'm going to do it. You know I'm going to do it. I want you to try not to let me do it and you won't be able to. Okay. Okay. Don't think of Mickey Mouse eating pizza and what popped into your head.
0: Mickey Mouse eating pizza.
1: (laughs) You couldn't stop. It couldn't help. That's language. There are things in language that. Force the brain to focus. Now imagine in business, knowing how to do that to get a client to focus on the product or service in a positive way, not in a negative way. That's also part of marketing. But what's important here is the unconscious brain doesn't understand negative words like don't or not. It doesn't. So if you're nervous, let's say you're anxious, you're depressed, something's bothering you, you say, I'm not going to be depressed. That makes it worse. Your brain here is be depressed. I'm not going to be depressed. I'm not going to be anxious. Anxiety is fear of the future and depression's uh, despondency over the past. But you don't live in the future. and You don't live in the past. You live in the now, always. Mm. There's only one time in existence. It's the present. Even Einstein said the future and past are an illusion. The only time that ever happens is now. Every action you do is in the present. Everything you ever accomplished in your life was in the present. You may plan for the future, but those plans are actions and they occurred in the present. So how do you get rid of nagging thought or despondency or an anxious state? You don't get rid of it by saying, I won't be nervous. I won't be depressed. It won't work. It makes it worse. It's fertilizing the problem and exacerbating it, making it bigger. Here's how you do get rid of it. You focus on the exact Opposite. So if I'm depressed, I focus on how happy and blissful I am. Even though I'm not, I'm focusing on it. You see, depression and anxiety don't exist. There's none out here. They're all in here. Your thinking process creates it. The same mind that can create an anxiety state, a depressed state, a fear state, can uncreate it. Because you're the one who made it in the first place. And what keeps it going is you're thinking about it. The more you think about it, you give it life. It only exists when you think of it. So how do you deplete it? You don't deplete it by stopping it. You create its opposite. The brain creates, it doesn't uncreate. You create, you focus on the state you want, how peaceful you are, how happy you are, even when you're not. You experience it, you project it, you make it real. And the more you do that, it's not a magic trick where in a second, everything goes away. But as you do this day in and day out, day in and day out, the other problem disappears because you're not thinking about it anymore. It has no life. It has no consciousness focused on it. The thing you're focusing on grows and grows and grows. And now you are blissful. You are relaxed. You are peaceful. You're creating, it's called Swabhava. You create yourself out of yourself. Your thoughts and your actions create your state. And Whatever state you're in, you're the one who made it. You say, well, someone upset you. No, they didn't upset you. You reacted to it in an upset way. No one goes inside your head. They say and do things. That's the reality of the world. How you react to it, that's up to you. And you can stop reacting and start being. And this is the first step, focusing on the opposite. And no matter how much the other thing tries to take you away, Every time you're conscious of it pulling you away, you go back to the opposite. And over time, not instantly, over time, the other thing, because of your lack of attention, lack of focus, lack of interest, atrophies, it loses its life force. And the other thought, the one you actually want in your life, grows and grows and takes over. And now you actually are blissful and you are happy and you are calm. You're not imagining it. You created it just like you created the other state.
0: That is awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. Hey, Howard, if people want to reach out to you, read faster, learn more about what you do, <laughs> how can they do that?
1: <laughs> Go to Berg Learning, like my name, berglearning.com, and you can email me at howard at berglearning.com. I have reading, writing, memory, and math will double your learning rate. I wrote my last book in five hours went number one on Amazon, the writing program shows you how to get rid of writer's block. You'll never sit in front of a screen and say, what do I say? You'll just be too busy writing. How to memorize, how, and we'll do some of that today. And how to do math super fast. And I do private less lessons and mentoring. I have like a billion dollar, It's a company $100 million, wants to be a billion dollars, basically showing them how to use the information they have to increase their profits by tenfold. I'm working with a law firm. They have a million pages in a law case. They need someone to read it and tell them which pages to use. I can read a million pages in a few days, and then I'll tell them what to use. So I do that for companies. I do the learning, and then I give them the cliff notes. Okay, this is what you want to know to do what you want to do. I read all your material. This is irrelevant. This is what you need to focus on. So I do that also. I mentor people.
0: Very cool. Thank you again so much for your time, Howard. Thank you. If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it.